chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn, alongside Glenn West. Another fall camp report as we get closer, Glenn, to the end of fall camp, entering the final full week. It has been a hot fall camp. We're going to talk about this, the acclimation period over. We were out there today. For some guys, It's I don't know if it's ever going to be over, getting used to the heat that they're practicing in right now. But, hey, we appreciate you tuning in. Whether it's on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, or if it's over on any of our audio platforms, at Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you may be listening. We appreciate you as well. Glenn, it's been a relatively healthy fall camp for LSU. The Tigers staying healthy, uh, battling the elements. We talked with Coach Kelly about that last week. But it's been one of those where you kind of like where this group is heading, continuing to get a lot of guys different looks. You know, you're going to have your nick-ups, your 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 nicks and cuts here. But, man, nothing too major as we kind of roll in to the final week of fall camp. Yeah, no serious injuries. I think that's been um, pretty well documented. I mean, outside of J.K. Johnson, he's dealing with a pretty serious leg injury. But outside of that, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the injuries that have kind of cropped up have been short term. Um, you know, just just hitting a few of them here. I mean, Greg Brooks, the safety. By the time a lot of you are maybe listening to this, he's already back at practice. I mean, he was uh, kind of in the final stages of getting back to full strength uh, when we showed up on Monday doing a lot of conditioning, a lot of running uh, out there in full pads. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be very, very shortly back onto the field. Um, he was dealing with a case of vertigo, which was apparently something he told us today um, while we were in interviews. And so, uh, yeah, he, he seems to be on the mend. Uh, Mason Smith, the defensive lineman, I know every time every, anybody says that Mason Smith went down, um, you, you, everybody just – their minds start to wander on what the possibilities could be. Doesn't sound like it's anything too serious with Mason. Um, you know, he was out there today in full pads, wasn't really participating in a lot of the team drills, um, but that's still a really good sign that he's out there and then he's around the team. He was on the exercise bike um, with a lot of, with a couple of other teammates. Um, the running back position, uh, Josh Williams, Armani Goodwin, and Logan Diggs were not out there on Monday. They were also kind of doing the exercise bike conditioning stuff away from the team. Um, so it's a good thing else you brought in all those running backs because you're already mm-hmm. starting to see uh, some of the effects there of, of some guys getting a little uh, nicked and bruised here a little bit. Um, but I, again, I, a lot of these players that are getting hurt right now, I think it's still part of camp here where you can be overly cautious and just make sure that those guys are 100%. Uh, before you trot them back out there to practice. Um, it's been a very 
you know, it's been like we've said, the conditions have not been great. And I think, you know, for the most part, LSU has held up really, really well um, in, in their in their fall camp so far in terms of injuries and uh, just uh, still being able to put, you know, together some really good practices despite, you know, it being really, really hot and kind of record setting uh, conditions every every day, it seems like. And um, they're, they're, they're just doing a really nice job. And, and it's been a good thing that they haven't had too many, you know, big injuries so far. Glenn, a, a guy that I know we're going to mention later in the podcast who might be having a tougher time battling the elements than his own position battle is Deuce Chestnut. Today, he was he he came off the sideline after a, a defensive series and goes, "Man, we got to have an extra break. Can we not start any earlier than this?" And one of the coaches joking said, "It's not going to be that much cooler early any earlier in the morning." So one of the, obviously uh, the guys that is continuing to kind of acclimate to that. But as we kind of talk, you know, the first couple weeks here at fall camp have been just that acclimating to kind of uh, new faces, maybe guys trying to fit in and uh, and learn some things. And while there's always teaching moments, Kelly talked about that both in good and bad moments, this is kind of the part of fall camp where you start to see the coaches, maybe guys uh, start to hone in on specific positions, specific roles they might have as LSU uh, under three weeks now away from their season opener against Florida State. Glenn, wanted to get your thoughts on this. Guys are starting to hone in on some roles. We're going to break some of those down, but is that something at this juncture in camp? It kind of feels like it's going according to plan for LSU. You got everything out in the first two weeks. Now you get to kind of focus on this. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think probably the two position groups that we'll get into here in a little bit um, are you know, the secondary, particularly at cornerback and in, at running back as well, uh, is a really big one in terms of who's kind of getting the, the touches and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it, we kind of after talking with Kelly the first few times during fall camp, um, he, he expressed to us that practice six, practice seven, eight, that's when they're going to really start getting together as a coaching staff and, and having those conversations about uh, who are we going to trust in these roles? Who do we think can start for us at these really key positions that we've, have been battled uh, really since the early days of spring? I mean, we haven't had a whole lot of, uh, you know, in terms of just, just players that are out there, you know, we don't really know who's going to be the the first team uh, uh, running backs and cornerbacks for a lot of these these practices. And I think we're starting mm-hmm. to get some more consistency on who's out there for the first team. Um, and 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 I think you're really going to start to see that uh, kind of show here in the last couple practices that we get to see as a media. Uh, you know, we get the the one scrimmage uh, on, on Saturday that we won't. We don't know a whole ton of details about that. You know, in Tiger Stadium, it sounds like they're going to have a practice there and could have some kind of scrimmage element to it. Just don't know a whole lot about it yet. But, yeah, I think we're now reaching the part of fall camp where a lot of these battles are really going to start to take shape. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see just from at least from our perspective uh, what it looks like kind of heading into that Florida State week. Yeah, I mean, the guys have been competing, and like you mentioned before we get into that, you're starting to work yourself up into kind of the game week preparation. It's one of those things where you kind of have to shift gears. Obviously, there's a lot of analysts and you know graduate assistants that have been working on cutting up tape against Florida State and, and, and working on game planning for that, and that's something coaches are doing. But it also kind of feels like towards – especially towards you get the end of this week, you're going to start to see that shift, and especially school starts on Monday for these guys, so they're going to be kind of dealing with that, making sure they got their classes in order before getting back on the practice field. And I think what the crazy thing is going to be, Glenn, is your week one 
is not even going to be a typical week. Like your Monday is going to have to be a Tuesday because you're playing on Sunday night. And, you know, when does LSU leave to go to Orlando? That's something that that staff is continuing to work out, had a game plan for that uh, in week one. But let's take a look at these position battles. And it's been something we've been writing about. Make sure to go check it out on the website over go247.com. Glenn, I will say each of the position battles we are about to address, I feel good because it's not because you don't have a guy. You have guys. It's just who steps up. There's a lot of talent. Let's start off with that secondary. And I mentioned them earlier at the cornerback position, Deuce Chestnut. We've heard a lot about him, you know, during the summer. And I think, to me, he's kind of lived up to the billing as a guy that is just um, a finesse guy. He's not the tallest guy in the room. He doesn't have, I know it's saying this, the NFL size. He's, you know, five foot 11, around 200 pounds. But man, the way this guy can play the ball, uh, and Matt House said it in his press conference, the way he baits receivers or baits quarterbacks into making a throw. You see why this guy had the you know the recognition and honors that he did at Syracuse, and man, it's translated nicely here through the first couple of weeks of fall camp. Yeah, I, I feel pretty confident right now in saying that it's probably going to be a uh, Zy Alexander Deuce Chestnut kind of look on the outside. Uh, at least that's just the way it's been trending so far in fall camp. I think those two have given you the most consistency on the outside, and uh, it's a little bit of a different role. I think that we had pegged for for Chestnut. You know, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people had thought that he would compete uh, with Sage Ryan for that nickel spot, but um, he he's been doing a really nice job on the outside. He's been really physical. I mean, I think for the fact that he's only five ten, five eleven, he's actually a really physical player. He's like he's stock. He's built. He's not yeah. going to get pushed around. Um, and you mentioned the fact that he's been kind of dealing with some of those weather conditions, but you know, he's a guy that played in Syracuse for three years. I think that's just going to take a little bit of time, but uh, he he's, he's when he's out there, he's actually giving a hundred percent. And I think a big part of the reason why he's getting so uh, drained um, is, is because he's, he's doing a really nice job. And, and, you know, there was one, one play in particular where it looked like he got beat initially by Chris Hilton, but was able to make a nice adjustment um, and catch up and 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 make a nice uh, you know at least go up and compete for that mm-hmm. play uh, that ended up being an overthrow from Jaden Daniels to Hilton on a really deep pass on Monday. Um, he's he's just been really really consistent I think for you and the same goes with Zy Alexander uh, on the other side. Um, I, I think those two are the ones you can rely on as the outside corners. I think in the slot you're looking at that nickel spot probably Sage Ryan. I think he's given you the most consistency there. He's also uh, looks like a physically more developed player. I think he's added some good weight. He's able to throw it around a little bit better, give you some more uh, phys- physicality there uh, in the slot and in the middle of the field. Um, I, I really like what Sage has done. They actually had Sage playing a little bit uh, of outside corner on a couple of re- mm-hmm. uh, reps when we first walked in on Monday, uh, which I thought was an interesting move. So, you know, I think that they're finding – you know, a lot of these players can be versatile for them. And, um, you know, it, it, the, the one thing I will say about the secondary is that it seems like there's a core five or six players that they really, really trust. And then there's a group of players that they're still trying to, to build up. And, and I think that mm-hmm. Ryan, um, I'll just go through the list here real quick. Deuce Chestnut, Zy Alexander, Sage Ryan, Greg Brooks, Major Burns, and Andre Sam are kind of the sixth there. 
that I think LSU feels the most confident in in terms of a secondary and what that could look like. Um, Latarence Welsh, I would probably put maybe a, a one step behind those guys, but um, they're, they're still kind of in the, the, the phase of figuring out what that group looks like behind them. But I do think that they have a good understanding of what this secondary uh, could look like here in the first week against Florida State. Uh, let's talk about Ashton Stamps. This is a guy that has just continued to impress. Um, we got a great article coming out on Tuesday morning, kind of what other guys are saying about him. And it's been rave reviews, Glenn. It's been a guy that when you looked at his 24-7 profile coming out of high school and then you see him in person, you're like, this is not the same guy. Quite the transformation in the body, being able to get in the weight room, being able to add muscle. And look, he's a lean guy, and man, he's playing. I'll say this. He does. He has maybe freshman moments. Every guy does, but for the most part, this guy's playing well above, you know, beyond his years. Uh, and the guy, the stamps. I mean, when you get into that five to six, or maybe where they trust you, where do you really feel like stamps is? And I mean, I think that the, just my opinion, I think that it's a real possibility we see him contribute in some way defensively against Florida State uh, that Labor Day weekend. Yeah, that was my fault. I probably should have mentioned him too. I think he's he's a guy that. Um, yeah, has has earned more and more opportunities as fall camp has gone along. He's had a few first-team reps here and there. Um, he's been pretty pegged in the second-team kind of rotation the last few days of camp. Um, I, I would think that he and, and LaTerrence Welch are kind of in that that the same grouping there with uh, a lot of the rotations that they're doing right now in the secondary. Uh, you're seeing you know Stamps go head-to-head a lot with Kai Prian, uh, some with, with, with Aaron Anderson and – um, uh, Shelton Sampson. I mean, just a lot of the young guys I think are getting paired together right now. Um, but Stamps has put on about 20 pounds. I mean, we heard that from Brian Kelly or maybe mm-hmm. it was even Matt House. I can't remember who exactly was it that told us that. But he's just a physically more mature player in, even in the months um, since joining uh, LSU's program here. Um, and he's taken advantage of the opportunity. He's had a couple really nice pass breakups. He's uh, been physical. I think the fact that he's added some really good weight uh, has helped him become more physical as a player. And um, I, I, I do think he can contribute. I'm not sure that he's kind of elevated himself up above a guy like Deuce Chestnut or Zy Alexander yet, um, but he could find himself in the rotation. Absolutely. I think that um, they, they, they feel really comfortable with those first several guys that I had mentioned, but um, I, I think Ashton Stamps at some point this season is going to make a contribution for you, whether it's in the secondary, whether it's on special teams as a, you know, as a gunner or something, he's been getting a lot of work at special teams as well. I think he's just a player that the staff really going back to last summer kind of pegged his quote uh, unquote a football nut. I think that was hmm. uh, another Kelly quote there that he talked about. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that came to camp three times last summer and earned himself a scholarship at LSU. And they kind of laid out a platform for him uh, and what that would look like. Uh, and he's, he's, he's exceeded expectations. I think early in this camp cycle, I think that's been the one player or one of uh, a few players who has really kind of risen to the top very quickly that I don't think many people had expected to so early in his career. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Yeah, I mean, he's been quite the surprise of camp. You mentioned, obviously, guys like Andre Sam. We, we said it earlier. I mean, this is a room that has a lot of different options you can go with. It doesn't feel like any of them are necessarily wrong options. Guys are just kind of coming along maybe farther than expected. Uh, one, to get your thoughts on Denver Harris before we wrap out of here. I mean, he's a guy that we really haven't mentioned a lot in fall camp is maybe making an impact. Uh, you know, he we see the talent, I and mean, we see why this kid was highly touted. Uh, but I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world, Glenn, to have a guy learn from Cy Alexander, Deuce Chestnut, two veterans of the game. We still remember Denver Harris is still super young in this whole college football thing. Maybe the environment was the best for him in, in College Station, and he's got a real chance to learn here in Baton Rouge. Kind of your thoughts on him. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I think a lot of the media has been out there and would probably have a universal kind of uh comment on him saying he, you know, he hadn't really splashed a whole ton uh, at this point in camp. I mean, that's not to say that he can't have a really nice like last week or something and really start to change the tide there. But um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a work in progress with him. I think that, um, you know, they're a big reason that they brought in or that they got a lot younger in the secondary was building towards the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and Denver Harris is certainly going to be a huge part of that future. Um, but I just think that there are guys who have, really, really perform well and and have earned some more of those starting opportunities. And so I'll be interested to see what happens with him. I'm, I'm not entirely sure that he's going to be a huge player uh, week one against Florida State. Um, but, you know, he, he could get in for a few snaps here and there, could find his way on to the field at some point this season and, and really contribute for you in a big way. So I, I do think that they have talent. And that's not the, the one – that's the one thing that, you know, you wondered about with this group going through such another big overhaul and at a second straight off season. Um, they have talent. It's just about developing it, getting those the right guys on the field, hoping that some of those other guys develop over time. And I think that they're going to have that with Denver and, and a bunch of other players as well. Yeah, building it for the future. Let's take a look at another room, Glenn, where – you talk about the future. It feels like you got the past, the present, the now, the future, everything involved in the running back room. A lot of different mouths to feed. And Brian Kelly joked in one of his earlier press conferences, you only have one football. Uh, but Noah Kane's been a guy that – I want to be careful when I say this. Noah Kane's extremely talented. He just doesn't go away, though. Like, you just constantly see number 21, yeah, he's getting first-team reps. Like, yeah, he's doing this, he's doing this. He's seeming like that three-headed monster we've kind of talked about that you feel like you could open up the season with. But Josh Williams, you know, still kind of figuring out what, you know, his role will be. It has allowed for guys to get another opportunity. Obviously, Trey Holly and Caleb Jackson. And I'll just say this. I saw a fantastic formation when they kind of went empty set here. They brought Trey Holly and put him in the slot. And so you're seeing kind of the evolution of the running back position, meaning a lot of different things for this LSU offense under Mike Denbrock. Where do you sit here? Do you still feel comfortable, Glenn, with kind of those three guys at the top? Is John Emory Jr. making a push? I mean, where, where do you sit so far here in fall camp? 
Yeah, I, mean, I think so. I think I'm still kind of in that group of people who think that it'll be a combination of Diggs, Noah Kane, and Josh Williams. Um, I say that, though, and, and we haven't really seen a whole lot of Josh Williams in the last week or so. He just has not been able to stay healthy and get back get himself back into the rotation here. So I could see there being opportunities for uh, John Emery or a Kevontre Bradford, who has gotten mm-hmm. a lot of first-team reps as well. Um, another one of those guys that I think they feel can really be useful in the passing game. Uh, they've lined him up in the slot a couple times mm-hmm. as well. I think they, they, they really like his uh, versatility as a player. Um, but I, I do think that you're going to see uh, a lot of Noah Kane, a lot of um, a lot of Logan Diggs. Uh, and then I think you'll probably see, you know, several reps divided up among Emory and Bradford and um, maybe one of the freshmen. Um, but I, I do think that I, I mean, look, I, I tend to believe what Brian Kelly tells us, you know, he, he, he told us this, this last week that, you know, in his experience, it's been the veteran guys that have been able to kind of rise to the top, uh, and, and get a lot of those opportunities early in the season. And then maybe there's a freshman or two or a younger player that really bounces, uh, and finds himself in the middle of the season and is kind of afforded more opportunities based off of, what transpires, whether it's injury or an effective play. Um, I just think that LSU is in a position right now where they can be really creative with their running backs. And I think the best way to be creative is to play the experienced guys, the players who who kind of have a lot of playing experience under their belt. Um, And and I think that it's probably going to lean more towards the Diggs, the Williams, the Noah Canes. Um, but I will say that I don't think that we have as much of a clearer picture on running back as we do in the secondary. I think mm-hmm. they've been very um, – uh, I'm trying to think of the right word for this, but coy, I guess, in terms of how they have displayed their running backs to us, um, where in the secondary it's been pretty straightforward. It's been a pretty routine group of players that they've kind of, I think, risen to the top. I don't think we have that yet with the running back room. Which is why that I think uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a discussion, kind of closer to kickoff in terms of who who could get those reps. But um, I think the biggest thing here is we get those guys back healthy. You know, Williams was still on the bike today. Logan Diggs was on the bike today. Armani Goodwin was on the bike today. Um, didn't really have a whole lot of on-field reps for any of those guys, and so sooner you can get those players back out there, the sooner you can kind of hone in on what the rotation looks like. Who performs well with who and uh what what situations that they 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 will be able to excel at the most obviously staying with the offense is a group that man another example of a lot of mouths to feed and guys that there's just so much talent in this room the wide receiver room glenn which look we've talked about kyron lacy he's been impressive uh, just a physical presence over the middle and kind of guy that can win 50-50 balls. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr., another guy that she's going to figure in this equation. Malik Neighbors, uh, we all know who he is. But outside of that, we got a chance to speak with Chris Hilton on Monday. Uh, Hilton's had a really, really good fall camp, in, in my opinion, just being able to kind of put a lot of the injury concerns behind him, both mentally and physically, just looks more like the talent that he was coming out of high school. But, you know, you get to this and you got a ton of freshmen. You got some redshirt freshmen and you got the transfer freshmen and Aaron Anderson. Glenn, how does this group stack up, in your opinion, when you kind of see there's only so many opportunities to go around? But, man, it's a loaded room for now and for the future. Yeah, I think that you have probably five guys you could look at as potential starters um, for this team. 
um, which is a really great position to be in. I think um, all of them have had their moments, but some have been a little bit more consistent than others. I would say Malik Neighbors is undeniably your number one guy. He's been the most consistent. I think he's somebody that Jaden Daniels trusts more than anybody else on the roster. And I think you're going to see a lot of him and, and Daniels hook up for, for big plays. I, I would say that I would honestly say that, that Kyron Lacey and Chris Hilton have really emerged here as kind of mm-hmm. the second and third options. I really do believe that they've, they've done a really nice job of being consistent. They've been really great deep threat, deep, deep threat players um, for this offense that is trying to be more explosive. Um, you know, look, Brian Thomas is going to be a big target for you in the red zone and certainly in goal line. Uh, he's, he's, he's proven that he can be a really big time vertical threat. Um, I haven't, I mean, look, I, I, I think a lot of the media would say the same thing. I haven't seen a whole ton of him breaking out yet. I think we're all still waiting for that, you know, big day from him. And um, I think he'll get there and I think he'll be a huge part of this offense, but um, I, I do think that Hilton and Lacey have been a little bit more consistent here in the early going of fall camp. Uh, and then Aaron Anderson is another guy that I think that they are going to be super, super creative with. I mean, I had the, the question there for Denbrock um, over the weekend, just what they think Aaron Anderson's role could look like. And he said that he's a guy that absolutely needs to get the ball in his hands. We have to figure mm-hmm. out a way to give him the ball, whether it's on screens, whether it's short little dig routes or hitch routes, just just anything we can do to get him the ball and let him go make guys miss. I mean, that is what he is so, so good at. His change of direction is is super, super impressive. Um, I, I think that those are kind of the collection of receivers that have really stood out to me. Um, you know, uh, Shelton Sampson's had a few nice moments. Um you know, uh, if you want to bring the tight ends into it, Camorian Pimpton yeah. and Mac Markway have had some nice moments. Mason Taylor is going to be a, a huge stable in, in, in the passing game as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think that they're they're going to be loaded. They have a lot of options. There's no shortage of players that I think can contribute here. Um, and yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see how it kind of how it, how it all plays out. It's it's going to be a really fun week one. Uh, in a few weeks here to see just kind of what this team looks like against somebody else. Yeah. Obviously you mentioned Aaron Anderson too. I mean, he's the guy, it feels like he's got to be the guy in punt return. I mean, just the ability of what he can do with the ball in his hands. I mean, that's guy, that's a guy who special teams wise, you see what he can be able to do, man. He's, he's a phenomenal talent. And obviously you hoping that he can stay healthy the rest of the way, but it's a loaded, loaded roster. I mean, I I say that and a lot of people say, well, maybe you're sunshine pumping. And I say, man, no, there's a lot of talent. And, Glenn, the common theme of what we talked about, it's not just for this season. It's for future years. You've got guys that can contribute day one here, but, man, you've also got guys that have the potential to contribute down the road as well. But, hey, fall camp is going to continue to move along, and we're going to have you covered all over here on the Go 24-7 YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, like this video. It helps us in the algorithm. And leave a comment down below. Who are your surprises? So, Glenn, I want to leave you with this. Who's maybe a guy that you're just really surprised with? Maybe we've mentioned him, but who's a guy that maybe you're just kind of saying, hey, I just really like the way this guy plays this game. And, man, he's just uh, – I think he's going to be special, have a special 2023 season. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of hard. You, uh, I think I would say Pimpton, uh, Kamorian Pimpton, mm-hmm. the tight end. I just think that there's going to be a role for him somewhere. Uh, I think he's going to come up and make a big-time catch for you at some point this season, and it might not be as a featured player. I'm not sure he's quite ready for that yet. But the catch radius, the length, the size, um, 
the 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 ability to just go up and get the ball over anybody really that's covering him. I just I, I don't know how you can't try to get that kind of player involved. Denbrock talked about it some. Um, he's going to have to continue to develop as a blocker for sure. But um, I, I think from a pass catching perspective, he he can be lights out for you in some situations. I, I could see him having a really meaningful couple of catches three or four or five maybe throughout the course of the season that that really just kind of make you think, wow, the future is super, super bright uh, for that guy. And I, I think he's going to be somebody that really sticks out to me um, when, when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm going to go with staying kind of in the pass catching category. We talked about him a little bit, but Kyron Lacey. He's just got a demeanor on the practice field right now that he is just really wants to have that breakout season. Look, it's going to be hard to have a breakout season next to Malik Neighbors, who might be one of the best receivers, probably the be one of the best receivers in the country. But Lacey, man, I think especially in red zone opportunities, both the guys we mentioned, if they run some two tight end sets, um, you know, with Pimpton, Lacey down in the red zone is going to be an opportunity for Dayton Daniels to uh, kind of capitalize on that as well. And yeah, we had to get out of here before mentioning uh, Jane Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. But hey, that's the Go 24-7 podcast for you. We're going to have content coming all week long, practice highlights. Uh, we'll have a review as well on Saturday of this kind of pseudo scrimmage of whatever it might be. But we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you are liked, subscribed to this video and this channel. And make sure you head over to Go247, take advantage of a good deal for all the VIP content. We're going to have a recruiting pod coming later this week after LSU nabs two big pieces from Duncanville. Not the two maybe you wanted, but uh, they get two indeed and uh, kind of setting their sights on some other players to round out this 2024 class. For Glenn Waste, my name is Bryce Kuhn. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 Podcast. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.